You are listening to NFT Talk Show, where we put the T in NFT. I am your host, Tony Payne, and if you have ever wanted to know anything and everything, including all the juicy deets about NFTs, you are in the right place. So buckle up, get ready, and let's go. Welcome to another episode of the NFT Talk Show podcast. I am Tony Payne. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Ethereum merge. What exactly is the Ethereum merge? I have been hearing all kinds of, oh, this is what it is. This is what it's not. This is what's going to happen. But you know what? Today I have with me on the show an analyst, collector, and connector in the Web3 space, right? And he is going to be here. Um, well, he is here. He's not going to be here. He already is here. <laughs> and he will be explaining it to us. He's going to help us break down what this merge is. What is the Ethereum merge? Um, as you know, um, Ethereum developers agreed to update their September timeline. So on the 15th of September, we should be expecting the merge to kick off. I know I've been getting notifications. Um, don't make any move on that day. Just leave it alone, yada, yada, yada. So I want to know why. And we've been hearing rumors of, well, you're going to have two NFTs. What is really going on? Let me put some minds at ease. So um, I have with me on the show Eventurin, how are you? Thank you for joining us on the show to kind of ease our minds and break it down to us and like talk to me like I'm in kindergarten at this point because I am confused. <laughs> Thanks for coming thank, on the show. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So first question is, um, for those who do not know, I know this merge, this, the talk of this merge has been ongoing for uh, quite a bit, right? Um, so for those who do not know, can you just give us a little background on the Ethereum merge and why it was necessary? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, you know, the Ethereum merge, uh, this is something that's been talked about for a long time now. And I mean, we've we've heard over the last, I mean, couple of years, uh, you know, rumors of when this was going to happen and, um, you know, what they were going to be doing. Um, you know, really the merge is slated to become one of the most, you know, significant upgrades in the history of the network. Um, but, you know, there's, there's definitely several reasons, you know, why they were, you know, why they've been planning on doing this for so long. Um, you know, so currently we have this uh, proof of work system, you know, with miners and, uh, you know, other things that, you know, create the, the blocks on the chain. So, you know, there, there's always drawbacks to different systems, um, you know, some of them being, um, you know, too, using too much energy, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, security as well. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, over time there, they're really trying to just make the Ethereum network better um, with security, decentralization, and also scalability is is a big thing. Um, so this upgrade is is gonna help move things into that positive direction. Okay, so with proof of um, proof of right now we're on proof of work, and they're going to be moving to proof of stake. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. 
So what are the key differences between proof of work and proof of stake? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can go, I can go over both of those actually. Um, awesome. you know, so the, yeah, so the existing layer of Ethereum that we use today, you know, the main, they call it the main net, um, you know, currently uses this proof of work mechanism. Um, this is the mechanism that currently allows the, uh, Ethereum network to come to a consensus on the operations on the chain. So, you know, for example, that's like, you know, putting the order of transactions together on the network, you know, this mm -hmm. proof of work system, uh, you know, prevents users from that uh, double spending issue, um, as well as, you know, ensuring that the chain is difficult to attack or, you know, manipulate in some way. So this proof of work system is the algorithm that sets the difficulty um, for the work that the miners do. So, um, I mean, just to talk a little bit about the mining process it, itself, uh, mining is the process of, you know, creating a block of transactions that will be added to the Ethereum blockchain. Um, you know, so one of the, you know, issues that's trying to be resolved right now is that this, proof of work system is incredibly energy intensive and it, you know, requires, you know, these uh, large uh, hardware rigs, these GPU hardware rigs and requires extensive energy cons consumption to, mm -hmm. um, you know, compete with other miners. And um, I mean, I've heard lots of stats on like, you know, how much energy, it consumes, you know, total globally. And, um, you know, the, the proof of work system currently consumes as much energy is a medium sized country, which is a huge amount. So, Oh, wow. Uh, so so this, would, this proof of stake system, so yes, yeah, is supposed to change things to move, move away from the miners and, uh, you know, move into this new system that's not going to require, you know, a lot of uh, energy to really um, come to a consensus for the operations on the chain. Okay, so would they be getting rid of miners or would the miners still be there? Because I've, I've heard both, you know, some people say, well, miners are not going to leave. And then I've heard people go say miners are going to leave. So which one? I'm confused. Like, which one is it? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's like different like rumors out there and I mean, there's, there's still just sort of kind of rumors. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, definitely a subset of people that don't want to see this go away. They don't want to see, you know, the merge happen. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. So, you know, these rumors that we're hearing a little bit about is, you know, so, sort of like these like forks that have happened um, in the past with like other networks. Um, mm -hmm. There's a, I, I guess you can say there's like a, a, a subset of, of people out there that there's like a, camp, a campaign that's emerged recently to actually fork or split Ethereum um, and preserve it like on an alternate uh, proof of work version of the network. So essentially, oh. 
Yeah. So essentially like they're just a campaign of people out there that are like, we want to keep doing this proof of work like this, this system works. So they're going to be possibly creating this proof of work version. That's going to like duplicate everything that's going to be happening. But I mean, that's a totally like separate topic in and of itself. (laughs) Oh yeah. That, that does sound a bit, you know, um, let it go ish. <laughs> um, but once Ethereum themselves, once Ethereum merges, and I, I have one question that I, I, you know, I was in a discussion yesterday, and I'll ask this after this question. Once the merge happens, Ethereum will back, the only thing that will be backed by Ethereum will be proof of stake. So anybody that's doing proof of work, once the merge happens, is doing it on their own. Am I correct? Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, when, once this transition is complete, yeah, it's it's only going to be proof of stake after that. Got so, it. Uh, so um, this uh, this network that's sort of off the side uh, right now. If you want to know like the name of what it's called, it's called the Beacon Chain. So there's this, there's okay. currently a chain that's been running uh, parallel to the Ethereum network already uh you know for those people out there that you know have already uh used coinbase for example they might have gotten some uh emails or a notification from you know coinbase at some point in time you Mm -hmm. know several months ago when this chain was uh set up that they could stake you know staking their ethereum already on this on this new chain um and this is what it's merging into so you know, even though we, we, we're still in this proof of work system, um, this beacon chain has been running parallel to the network for several months now. Got it. So I know there's some, well, within web, you know, NFTs, because um, this is still the NFT talk show. <laughs> I know yeah. there's some blockchains that already use um, proof of stake. And the popular one would be Solana. Um, and I know Solana, as much as I, I love Solana, I'm like, you know, one of the, I'm, I've always talked about Solana on the show and how much I love, love what's being built in Solana. It's um, efficient when it comes to like, you know, gas. So my question is, I know Solana does also have a lot of issues. Um, once Ethereum moves to proof of, um, proof of stake, will it if affect its reliability? Um, I mean, that's a, that's a hard question to answer because, you know, the merge hasn't completed itself yet, but I mean, you know, there's, I think a lot of misconceptions, uh, out there and, um, you know, like one of them being, for example, like, like the gas transactions that we're paying, like there are some misconceptions going around out there that, you know, once this uh, proof of stake thing transfers, transfers over that, you know, gas fees, for example, are going to go down. Um, you know, that's actually not the case. Um, you know, there, there's still going to be, uh, essentially the same amount of volume of transactions moving through the chain, you know, at the same time. And, you know, just because before it was proof of work and we're moving into this, uh, proof of stake now, it, it's not going to actually change, um, how things are moving through the system. So like those gas fees, for example, like are still going to exist in the network, but, um, you know, this, the scalability, will they be as high though? Will they be as high? The gas fees, will they be as high as they are? I mean, if you compare, um, essentially it'll be the, it'll be the, if nothing changes, like the same amount of volume of transactions are moving through essentially they're not going to change at all. 
but there but there but there's some interesting stuff like on top of that like once this merge is complete i mean we can probably get to it a little bit later um you know this is set up to help with future scalability solutions so um you know there's this um thing called sharding that's going to be happening which is essentially going to spread uh the data storage requirements across the network and uh, you know, there's there's going to be like future layer two roll up solutions and all these like fancy terms and things mm -hmm. for scalability. Um, you know, so I think like this merge isn't going to. I mean, I think for me, it's not going to. Uh, I don't think it's going to cause like a huge major disruption or change a lot of things that you know we see currently. But it's really just setting things up for scalability solutions uh, down the road. So you're um, of the opinion that the merge is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, there's. Um, there's this thing, uh, you know, that the Ethereum Foundation talks about this, like scale, uh, scale. I'm, I'm even having trouble saying the name. Uh, scalability. <laughs> they're calling it the scalability trilemma, um, which mm -hmm. is this um, pyramid of where you have security on one corner, you know, decentralization, uh, decentralization on another corner, and scalability on another corner. And so, like this merge is setting up the network to be able to balance those three uh, things. Because as you change one, you know, you run the risk of making another corner in this like triangle uh, not do as well, you know, just depending on what you change. So like this, this merge is setting things up for, you know, keeping these three things in balance. Got it. Um, I know the talk of the merge has been happening for a while. What do you think took them so long? Do you think, um, you know, I feel like maybe they kept running into issues and now they're sure. Or what do you think took them so long? Well, you know, I mean, I think this is, you know, I guess going back to the beginning, I mean, this is going to be one of the most significant upgrades, you know, in the history of the entire blockchain. So, mm -hmm you know they they have to they have to get this thing right and they you know so i'm sure that there's hours and hours and hours of you know testing that they've had to do on these like test nets to make sure that everything is going to work out correctly so mm -hmm. you know it's hard to know like what exactly everything is going on you know in the background um you know and it's 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 also hard to follow as well i mean this stuff is like really complicated uh, you know, even for me, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I'm hearing Vitalik talk and I, I sometimes have to <laughs> go back in the Internet and do my own research on things that are, you know, being talked about. So, but yeah, I mean, I think just with the complexity of what's going on and just the um, importance of getting this thing right is probably just kept pushing this time back, you know, farther and farther over time. But it seems like they're ready now. Got it. Um, so for the average person, like let's say, for instance, um, me, <laughs> the average person that does not like it, the technicalities are like, oh, my God, this is giving me a headache. I can't figure it out. Um, if the average person came up to you today and said Ethereum merge, what is it? What is the simplest way that you would um, describe this to them? Go. 
simplest way. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to just go, okay, well, we're just going from <laughs> proof of work to proof of, uh, proof of stake. Um, I mean, I don't yeah, know. They'll go, probably huh? be, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they're not going to understand. So, um, you know, I think maybe it would help first to maybe talk a little bit about like what proof of stake is. Um, and, and then maybe you can get like a better idea of, um, like how that works a little bit. So, I mean, this like proof of stake mechanism that they're switching to after the merge is complete, um, there's what are called validators that mm -hmm. need to stake Ethereum on a smart contract, uh, for Ethereum. So in order for an individual to participate as a validator, um, you know, they're required to deposit a certain amount of Ethereum onto the contract, which right now is, uh, 32 ETH. And I believe that's probably somewhere close to around $50,000, uh, USD at like the current ETH values. Yeah. Um, so each each of these validators runs specialized software that's responsible for like checking these new blocks are created, you know, in the ETH network and that they're valid. Uh, so that's essentially like the main difference between the two. You have the proof of work system that required these, um, you know, GPU hardware rigs and this, um, you know, algorithm to do the validations. Now we're moving into this um this consensus mechanism that you just have a a software that is responsible for checking through through a validator so mm -hmm. um you know i'm trying to like sit here and think of like an like a, some sort of analogy or something that would make that easy to understand but uh, you know, essentially, <laughs> essentially it's gonna make uh the barrier to entry um a little bit easier. So like for somebody that doesn't want to spend, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars of creating a mining rig and have to uh, deal with like power costs and all this other stuff, it's just as simple as staking some ETH and putting some software on a, compu on a computer and you'll be able to help validate the network. Will staking ETH be easier with this, um, with proof of stake? Uh, um, I'm sorry, can you say that one more time? I mean, I said, I know with ETH, I, I remember sometime last year when I was um, looking into staking ETH, I think you had to have a certain amount of ETH to stake um, before you could even attempt to stake ETH. I'm not sure if that's still valid. Oh, yeah. Um, um, you know, I think they, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point, um, they, they have pools, you know, um, I, I think like Coinbase is one of them. I don't think Coinbase has any sort of... Um, limit on it I think, you know that that the 32 ETH minimum that's like if you were an individual that wants to yeah you know run run the software yourself but i think if you have like a centralized uh pool you know you shouldn't i think that was like another misconception is that you shouldn't need to have that 32 ETH minimum to stake you know as long as you're in a pool um got it that's over that that amount so you know, essentially like this staked ETH that's sitting on this smart contract is acting as the collateral um, that can be burned if like the validator behaves dishonestly, if that makes sense. So um, that's that's really like that mechanic that keeps everything in order is that, sorry about that, um, is no that problem. 
the the contract that we're moving to this proof of stake contract has a function built in that if a validator um, acts dishonestly and all the other validators around the world go, hey, you're doing this wrong, uh, you're not mm -hmm. doing this right, or you're you're being a bad actor, they're able to actually go in and burn the stake on that validator. Oh, so that's, that that's is essentially what that's essentially what's keeping everything in order. In order, I think it, it it's clicking. <laughs> it's clicking, yeah. and that's and that's you know because we get this argument a lot um, where some people say, "Oh, ETH isn't ETH is decentralized," but then ETH isn't decentralized. Um, I've heard that argument, and same with Solana. Some say, "Oh, Solana isn't central." I mean, is centralized, but it it is centralized, and I'm like, <gasps> ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there, there, there is a list of um, improvements for for this system. Like what, like what this system is is going to be improving over the long term. So, I mean, I think really on the top of that list, you do have this uh, better better energy efficiency. So after mm -hmm. like this merge is complete. Uh, the energy consumption is going to be reduced by 99.9%. So, wow. You know, I think like one of the worries that's uh, always sort of been there, uh, especially in this world of NFTs, is yeah. like, you know, you have like Solana and some of these other, uh, you know, networks that are these uh, green networks that don't require energy. And so now Ethereum, which has always been the largest. <laughs> Um, you know, network and, you know, has the largest volume of transactions moving through for uh, NFTs, there's not going to be that argument anymore over, you know, uh, being energy efficient. Now, Ethereum is going to be the same as these other networks. And that's actually great. That's, that's great news. That's actually great news. So you mean to tell me all these debt to NFTs people will have no excuses anymore? <laughs> yeah, no, no, they won't. Like all, all this talk, you know, over the past couple of years now, um, I guess really over the past year and a half, there's all this talk about uh, NFTs not being green is, is going to be obsolete. Um, and so, I mean, that, you know, it, it, what's interesting is that's only like one of the improvements for, I mean, the system. I mean, there's a lot of other um, benefits to moving to the system. Uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about it before with lower barriers to entry and mm -hmm. these like reduced hardware requirements. But, you know, there is this reduced centralization risk, um, you know, there's uh, some like these economic penalties for uh, misbehavior, which we just talked about with this burning mechanism, which makes these um, what are called 51% style attacks on the network um, mm -hmm. a lot more costly for an attacker. So, you know, that's where your security aspect comes in because, um, you know, it's going to be so costly for an attacker to come in and do these uh, types of attacks just because if they get caught they're you know they're getting a bunch of their ether burned um, oh interesting yeah and so really this this in the end this this upgrade is pretty much setting the stage for future scaling upgrades um you know which which will help in these other aspects Awesome. 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 Um, we are approaching um, the end of the show, but even Turin is going to be back with us for another episode where we will answer ETH merge, what to expect. 
And I will be taking questions from our listeners and I will be asking Abe and Turin to answer those questions for us. Some of your mind boggling questions that you would want to ask. Um, and we will do that on the next episode of the show. But before we go, I want to ask um, Evan Turin, if there is one thing you think um, everyone should know about the ETH merge, what would that one thing be? Um, I guess to keep it as simple as possible, I think my, I guess, advice I would give everybody is just don't do anything. Don't, <laughs> I, I, I sort of like this, <laughs> this do nothing approach. Um, you know, when, when something like this happens, there's always these, uh, uh, risks of, you know, security issues. And I mean, there's going to be a lot of uh, spam and phishing attempts that are going to be floating around. And if you're just at all a little bit misinformed about something, you're really likely uh, to make a mistake in clicking something or doing something that you shouldn't do. So really my advice in this whole thing is to just do nothing and let it play out. And that's do nothing during the merge, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, like I, like Perfect. once the merge happens, like don't don't do anything crazy. Don't go in and sell all your NFTs. <laughs> don't uh, don't don't start clicking links. Don't start selling all your ETH because uh, you know you think something crazy is going to happen. Like if you're in this for the long term and and uh, you know you you believe in this uh, long term, um, the you know the the longevity of NFTs into the future. Just just sit down and and do nothing. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you um, so much for coming on the show today. And I am looking forward to speaking with you again on the next episode um, where we talk about what to expect. Cause I know I am pretty sure um, there are tons and tons of, you know, what to expect questions um, coming your way. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thank, yeah. Thank you so much. And I, and I definitely look forward to being back. Awesome. Um, yes. Yeah, so if you want to find a venture and I will make sure to put his handle in the show notes. And that is going to be it for this particular episode of the NFT talk show podcast. You know what it is. Do not forget to follow us on our socials. Do not forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell their whole entire community to follow the NFT talk show podcast and tune in to listen because Besides putting the T in NFTs, this is where we have honest conversations about NFTs, Web3, and cryptocurrency. Yes, and that is going to be it. I am Tony Payne. I will catch you on the blockchain. Bye.